Hello and welcome to SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the cartoons that shaped our childhood. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And this episode, we are looking back at another Disney classic. It's been a while since we've done some Disney. Um, so we figured we'd return with Recess. Yeah, now this, I think, was one of mine on the list. Um, this came about uh, slightly later than I thought, and certainly when I was old enough to probably know better. But I think this was... Around about 98, 99, it came about over here. So it had been on Saturday morning when I was hungover. Um, so it was quite good, uh, quite good hangover fodder. Um, yeah. I, I, I watched, I blitzed the first series yesterday. Um, and I mean, I, I, I sat down to the entire 13 episodes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, I think that kind of, that threw me a little bit because it just went by so quickly. But what also threw me is how many of them I remembered. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got a similar relationship with this to you, probably even slightly more removed. I, again, that slight age difference between us. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think I was probably 18 or 19, possibly even pushing 20 by the time this came out. I was certainly too old to be watching Saturday morning cartoons as if there's such a thing. Um, but, you know, we all go through that weird kind of phase. I think I was just coming back around to cartoons at that point. I've been through the thing of, like, cartoons are for kids, and I was coming back around and just accepting the fact that I love them. And if you don't like that, tough shit. Yeah. Um, but I specifically remember with Recess, um, I like I heard about it through word of mouth. Like this, this thing had massive, even amongst like adults, essentially of my age at that point, it just start it started just growing. People was like, "Have you been watching this Recess? Have you seen Have you seen Recess? You know that that sort of thing." Not like anybody going like, "Oh, it's the best thing ever," but it was just something that I was aware of through people's conversations. Hmm. So I I just caught. I guess one or two to begin with. And yeah, it, it's hangover fodder, definitely. But I think it also kind of, in a weird way, even though we were still very early doors, my I still distinctly remember my first thought on watching it was it triggered a weird kind of Nicktoons nostalgia for me. Hmm. It felt, Even though it was Disney, it very much felt like a Nickelodeon kind of jam. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and having, having rewatched now, I've rewatched um, quite a few as well. I've had a hectic week as normal uh, we were just talking off here and i've had a particularly hectic last couple of days to be honest but somehow i've managed to carve out the time i've done half the first season i haven't done the full first season but somehow i managed to carve out the time um and it wasn't a case of i say carve out the time i sat down with the express sort of uh, mindset of right i'm gonna watch maybe one or two of these because i just need to I, I remember it reasonably well so i just need to do something uh, yeah. Rewatch some stuff for the pod, but yeah, just started and didn't stop because time just flew by. It's a really fucking easy watch. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I came out to it. Like I said, I I remember it being on, and no fucker I knew was up at like nine o'clock on a Saturday morning. Um, yeah. Especially if we'd been out on a Friday night. So this was gonna. Nobody was talking about it um, in, in my circle, but it was one. It was one of those that it was on. We didn't have Sky at the time. We didn't have cable or anything like that. So we literally had five channels. Um, one of which was in Welsh, so we didn't really bother. Um, I, I was going to say, I think this was this on Channel Four, though, or am I making? No, it was that on. Up? It was on ITV. It was ITV. It was I knew it was one of the two. But yeah, it was whatever the show that Fern Cotton did, um, it was on there because I remember her introducing it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I remember seeing this. If we, especially being out on a Friday night, there's no fucking way anybody was still up watching. Uh, was getting up to watch this. But you know, I mean, I don't sleep anyway. So even if we'd been out and had a skinful, I'd still be up by like half seven anyway. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was on, and I, I can remember sort of watching it quite a few times when I was hungover, and then quite a few more times when I wasn't, where I hadn't been out on a Friday night or I hadn't had a skin fall, and I just you know, I'd been out for a couple of quiet, uh, couple of quiet ones. 
and I'd still be up. So I'd, I'd make a point of putting it on because I didn't want to watch the news. And whatever was on BBC at the time was crap, and Channel Five was crap, still is. Um, so I said, "Well, I'll chuck ITV on." And and this was this was on. I remember so not specifically getting up for it, but it was one of those that if I was awake and the TV was on, um, then I would change the channel to put this on because it would be better than anything else that was on. But I mean, you're right. Yeah. It's the um, so sort of the Nicktoons feel to it. I mean, I will come on to some some of the humour and some of the, the the style and that later on. But yeah, there's very there are very much. It's very much a departure from your standard Disney show at this point. Very, very much so. Um, having said that, you know, it's it's clearly Disney animation. It's very slick. Yeah. The voice cast is exceptional, as always. Um, but it just in its in its production design, its art style, it's got that kind of weird kind of off-color off palette that you get in a lot of the Nicktoons. Um, slightly, yeah. again, slightly more reserved because it is Disney, but it definitely kind of evokes that Nicktoons feeling. Slightly scratchy yeah. art style as well. Just really... Yeah, I, I, I kind of likened it to um, King of the Hill. Yes, again, I could see that in there as well. Yeah, I could definitely see that in there as well. Um, know, for those of you on video, my camera's just gone flying. There you go. Apologies to everybody on audio. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely got that kind of look to it. I mean, to me, when I first started watching it, and perhaps the reason that I didn't watch it initially, and, and I waited for this word of mouth, was it, it kind of, for some reason, just reminded me of Hey Arnold, and I don't know why. I, yeah, I really they, don't know the why. Sort of, they were the same sort of time. Yeah, and, and it just looked like it was the same sort of thing, and I was definitely a Nicktoons kid, so I was like, as we've discussed at length on this podcast before, so I was just like, well, I, I, I don't know. Do I need this? I mean, I'm, I'm pushing 20 at this point. Do I need it? And then... Yeah, eventually, so many people were talking about it. I was like, I've got to, got to watch this thing. And then, yeah, much like you said, it was a case of if I am awake on Saturday morning and the TV is on, this is what I'm watching. And so it actually became a real Saturday morning cartoon of old. It was just like when you were a kid. It was like, oh, I'm up. OK, cool. I'm going to put recess on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I, I don't have the same level of nostalgia for it that we have for some of the shows that we've talked about because I wasn't a kid watching it. Um, but having said that, it's still like twenty year old now and changed. Ninety seven, it started. Shit. Um, so yeah, it's still quite a long time ago, and it, it was still, it was still quite nice going back and watching it. But I feel like with this, more than the others, like going back and watching this now, kind of feels like discovering it fresh because I've never rewatched it, and it's yeah. not something that's ever really. Other than when we were putting the list together, and yeah, I'm pretty sure it was one of your picks. Other than you mentioned in recess, and me going, oh yeah, okay, that's probably about the only time I've thought about it in the last yeah. twenty odd years, and and that's from me, a massive Disney nerd. But still, mm. about the only time I thought about recess is you going, should we do recess? And me going, oh yeah, all right then. And of course, now it's on Disney Plus, so yes, as are the umpteen TV specials and films. Yeah, so it's all available to the everybody. The only one that's not is the Christmas one, um, apparently, unless unless they put out with the. Um... With the might be in the Christmas collection. Could be. Because they, they have Christmas collections and Valentine's yeah. collections and shit like that. So who knows? But maybe it's not. Um, but so, so yeah, it was... I didn't know what to expect going into this, is the thing. It wasn't one that I was really anticipating watching, and it also wasn't one that I was dreading. So I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to come into. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it certainly held my attention for much longer than I expected it to. And I think a great part of that is down to... Uh, you've already touched on it, but but the humor and the writing in this is is spot on, you know. Which you know we we kind of used to to Disney hitting out of the park with stuff like that. Anyway, nothing is done by halves with them, hmm. but this one specifically, I think King of the Hill actually is an interesting comparison. Um, I was going to go for Rugrats in terms of its actual writing, um, hmm. but it, it's definitely 
one of those shows that's actually an adult show yeah but pitched 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 to kids you know in the Very same vein so. as as rugrats was as well in that you know there are some quite complex themes there's a lot going on beneath the surface with some of these characters as well uh you know and i don't mean it's an adult show in terms of the humor being smutty or anything like that far from it it's too sophisticated if anything and actually what you get and what drew me in when i was watching this time is this kind of real microcosm that you've got yeah. in the in the playground like there is a whole society within that a, playground. A whole, whole class structure and everything yeah uh it's it's really well thought out. obviously that is the purpose of the show you know they, yeah. they're drawing this kind of comparison between the playground and real life and it's something as we've talked about before with with school it's a universal topic to all of us yes. uh, but this this kind of slightly breaks that trend by not being about high school or what we would call comprehensive school then and actually yeah. going back to primary school or I think that's middle school in America, isn't it? So, yeah. um, Something um, like but, that. I don't know the American school system very yeah, well, it's, it's other than high school because that's the one in all the films. But yeah, but I mean, it, it, it is interesting because to say, as no, it, it is that universal experience, but it it's, has lots of similar themes. You'll have themes about you know, outsiderism and stuff, you know, coming in, you know, coming in from scratch and you know, not knowing anybody and, and that sort of thing. You have things about the class structure. You have, you, know, you have these sort of, fairly stereotypical characters you have your geeks your jocks your your, your cool girls and all the rest of so you, you kind of have that but it's just done in a way that again even though a lot of people don't uh, in america a lot, of, a lot of kids don't make it through high school yeah. so then so to take it even further back then they better have to... gun control people I, I was thinking more their literacy levels um, but you know <laughs> okay but yeah gun control as well that's kind of important um yeah. but yeah so i mean a lot, a lot of um american students don't finish high school for a myriad of reasons um but the majority will finish grade school. Yeah. Um, so again, this is no. It's going back to harking back to the universal experience. But there are some really quite dark themes explored. I mean, there's an episode in season one where um, Gretchen picks up an admirer, and he full on stalks her, and you know, he's um, you know, ma making public declarations, and all the time she's telling him, "Fuck off, I'm not interested." And there's this proper sort of toxic relationship thing they're going for. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and how she deals with it, particularly, you know, she ignores him. She, you know, she she doesn't tell, him, she doesn't initially tell him fuck off. She initially ignores it. She, you know, she gets wound up by it, but she doesn't do anything. And then he goes too far, and then she goes too far. And there's this, you know, this this interesting thing there. And again, you will find, you know, th that is something that you will have or you will experience at some point in your life is a relationship that isn't healthy. Yeah. And be it a romantic relationship or a family relationship or a friendship, there will always be something where there's a there's a partner within that relationship who is dominant to a point of not quite abuse that doesn't seem to be the way it's, you know, that's not as far as they go in this episode but it's that type of thing where it's teaching kids to recognize actually this isn't healthy this isn't right so they there were some quite adult themes that they put forward for what is now actually it's a it's i guess i mean the kids are nine ten so it's aiming for that sort of audience that sort of tween audience mm. um so yeah i thought that was quite interesting i thought it was quite a brave um, place to come from with it yeah and again that's that's very similar to Rugrats, and I mean, it's been it's been a while since we did the Rugrats episode now, so therefore it's been a while since I watched some Rugrats, but yeah. I specifically remember when we did that episode, bouncing off it now, and, and I knew I bounced off it in, in later years as well, looking back at it, because it came at that stuff so directly and with such a heavy hand, and it was mm. so grim about it. Um, that I that I bounced off it, whereas this has a kind of lightness of touch. I feel that yeah. that didn't like. Yes, that's definitely a very a very heavy subject to touch on for what is, yeah, as you say, a children's animated show. Uh, but they handle it 
very deftly and they still manage to get the yucks out of it and ultimately the message comes across i think because it's sugar-coated and wrapped up yeah you bring the viewer in more so i think actually this and, and look i'm aware especially on a show about cartoons that like negging on rugrats is practically blasphemy i know but look i've done it before so i'm gonna do it again um this time with less casual racism hopefully still adamant that wasn't my fault um <laughs> yeah uh, I was as careful as I possibly could be, but some things have to be discussed. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, what what I'm saying is, is I feel like Rugrats kind of just went... It, uh, Rugrats actually was an adult show, let, let's face it. And that's what we said at the time. You know, it deals with, with depression uh, in quite a heavy-handed way, you know, and, it, and it, it attempts to deal with all of these adult themes in a mature and adult way, just through the lens of the babies, whereas this doesn't yeah. try and do that. It's like, look, here's a, here's a bunch of real weighty themes, but actually... We're just going to let them bubble away under the surface here. And for the adults watching and for the older kids watching, if you want them here, they are. But for everybody else, here's like all the goofy slapstick shit as well. Yeah. Um, well, lots know, of the, the hijinks of being in school and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I, and I think part of it as well is they're able to get... And I, I, I don't think this is a criticism you can level at Rugrats, to be fair. I think they have this in common with Rugrats. Part of it is that the main cast of characters are all so well observed as well yes. that actually that gets you know it, it would have been very easy to as you say have the jock and the popular girl and the misfit and you know and have all of those essentially have an animated breakfast club yeah but they don't they don't do that they go for a bunch of regular kids and they're they're all regular kids with regular problems like they're not super popular but they're not super dorky either yeah they're just they are who they are um I, I, and each of them then sort of comes into their own and grows as character. Like, yes, okay, to an extent, you do have the fat kid and you do, have, you know, within their little society, you do have one that's yes. larger than the rest. And then, yeah, you have Gretchen who's slightly geeky and stuff like that. But they're not they're not the outcasts in the school by any stretch, no. is what I'm saying. You know, they're all fully realised characters and that helps as well. It, it does. And, I mean, if, if you look at their group, I mean, there are a couple of episodes in that first in, in that first season that said, didn't, well, I haven't watched seasons two and three, but I'm aware of stuff that goes on in them. But, it's not as if you know, they're a group of misfits and they've kind of found each other because they've got nobody else because anytime anything's happened, they will go to Swinger Girl or they will go to the Digging Guys or they will go to whoever. And nobody's like, well, fuck you. What do you know? Yeah. You're, you're one of that lot. You're nothing to do with me. Fuck off. There's none of that. It's very much this. Um, they're, they're, in, they're well-liked enough and popular enough. They don't have to you know. They're not amongst us of the super cool clique. They're just there. And people are very much accepting of that. And I think that's... Something that, with the exception of possibly the Ashleys, um, you don't really see um, a lot of. No, you, you see a lot more of that side of, of school dramas when you get them. You have you you very you know you're very um, insular cliques, and you can't penetrate them, and they don't want to know anybody else because they're better than everybody else. And with the exception of the Ashleys, you don't get that in this show. Like even the different no. the fifth graders and the sixth graders, you don't get that. There's not this us and them mentality all the time. No, even I mean, in in the half season that I watched, you know, the king of the playground occurs quite a lot, and he's never like this unapproachable older kid. Like they're no. always able to go and speak to him and get an audience with him and get the, what they want out of him. So yeah, I think it's very well observed. In fact, my my favorite episode of, of the ones that I watched, I think, is episode two. Uh, but there's one that deals with essentially puberty, but they're dealing with it through the lens of nine and ten year olds. Yeah. Uh, and there's a whole setup about boys kissing girls, and they have yes. to have this kiss. So they set it up that TJ and Spinelli are going to have this kiss, and they're dreading it. And the traditional way to approach this is, of course, to have them kiss, and then all of a sudden, when everybody's gone and they're all sort of past the old, ew, they kiss and stuff like that, to have them actually secretly enjoy it, and all of a sudden maybe do it again, or start to realise yeah. they've got feelings for one another. None of that. 
you go no. through that whole gamut in the lead up to it. So you get all of that stuff. You get all of that exploration of what a relationship is and what it means. And actually, you know, bubbling under the surface here, there is some stuff about maybe homosexuality should be accepted as well. Bear in mind, this is the 90s as well. It's not yeah. modern day, but there is a lot of talk about men and women. And why is it got to be men and women? You know, there there's a lot of that going on there. Yeah. Uh, and that's all handled really well. And then you get to the point where they have this kiss and it does exactly what you would expect it to do. Being these are nine and ten year olds, everybody fucks off after making fun of them. A pair of them just go, yeah, what are we going to do then? Should we go and like, go play the time frame or something? Yeah. yeah, fuck it. Like that happened. Move on. <laughs> like, And that's that. And they just drop it. And I think that's great because that, again, is one of those kind of just life experiences that I think most of us have had at some point, especially those of us that were in kind of mixed gender friend groups as well, which, you know, could be a rare thing in school, but you know, that's yeah, just especially that age actually as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just one of those things that has happened. It's like, should we try this out? What's this about? And you know, they've, they've obviously probably just given each other the worst kiss of their lives, but they're just like, well, whatever that happened, move on. And it, it's just dropped like later yeah. on then it's just it was just a thing that happened and i think there's something really nice and genuine about that so yeah. they do really well to deal with and especially as i say early doors i think it's episode two so we're barely getting to know these characters at this point yeah you know this is the kind of accomplished stuff you'd expect them to drop sort of you know a season or two in where you can just go maybe even there has been an on you know on again off again thing between the two of them no none of it they just throw it in there yeah, it's, and like, it's one and done it's like right okay well that was that was the stupidest thing i've ever done but, but even at that point, you know, you get the build up to it and it's like, oh, we're going to draw straws. We're going to draw straws for, for who's going to kiss each other. And you just know that it's going to be TJ and Spinelli. They've already done all of that work in the first two episodes. We're just yeah. like, well, OK, he's clearly our leading man. She's clearly our leading lady. So it's going to be those two. Yeah, that's that's just what it's going to be. Um, and so they managed to accomplish that very easily. Um there is a hell of a lot to be said for the writing in this show. I, I, yeah, definitely. Um, and as I say, animation as well, being Disney, it's it's slick as you would expect. You know, there's, yes. there's nothing, I have nothing bad to say about the animation. It's it's a different style to your traditional Disney. It's not as colourful. Um, but maybe that's not a bad thing either. But I, I, I don't think, like, looking at it, if you were to put this in front of somebody, I don't think there is a person that would say, that's a Disney cartoon. No. And, I mean, I think it's... It was a departure from from what you'd had before. So the the colouring of it is different. The style it's very slick, but the style is very different. Um, and yeah, and then you went from that, and then you went into there was a whole raft of new Disney stuff, which was very bright that came after that, around about the two thousand or so the two thousand point. And I, I think that was roughly when they, they redesigned Mickey and Minnie Mouse again, wasn't that? Um, for the umpteenth time. And so so yeah. this really does stand out as being not a Disney project. Yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, there probably was a Mickey redesign about then. I have, I have the feeling that was probably when we would be moving towards the kind of 3D Mickey Mouse Clubhouse yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, certainly not the most recent redesign. If that's when you think of that, no. was far more recent than that. No, that was a lot more um, recent. Yeah, but yeah, there's, there's definitely. It, it's got all those kind of hallmarks of quality, but just none of that kind of baggage that goes along with it. And, it. and it very much feels like they were able to cut loose. I think the closest Disney comparison I can draw to it is Goof Troop. Yeah. Um, and that's not so much in terms of the animation, but more in terms of the writing. It shares that kind of animated sitcom, real world problem kind yes. of vibe that Goof Troop has. Um, and I'm, you know, I haven't blown Goof Troop on this show for a good six months or so now. So I figure it's about time I did. You know my feelings on that. One of the best fucking animated shows ever made, if you ask me. Um, so, yeah, it, it, 
I was I was just straight into this immediately as soon as I started watching it. I was like, oh yeah, I, I remember why I like this now. So that was quite a pleasant surprise for me coming to it from a place of like don't remember much about it. Couldn't even remember the character names to be honest when we first sat down. I to remember watch it. most of them. I couldn't remember Gus. I, I could I could see Gus. I couldn't remember his name. Um, I had a feeling that Mikey was called Mikey, but I wasn't sure. And um, yeah, I remember TJ Spinelli and Gretchen. Um, couldn't remember Randall. Um, I remember Miss Finster bizarrely. Um, but See, that think, was the one I kept forgetting. I knew, I knew her face, but I was like, right. I, I think everyone had a Miss Finster, didn't they? Like, yeah, definitely. Everybody, everybody in your no, your junior school, infant school sort of life, there would have been that teacher who had a reputation because they were strict. They had a reputation for being an absolute hard ass. And once you actually got to know them, they weren't too bad. But yeah. if you were never in their class, they were an absolute bastard, and you never yeah. wanted to fall foul of them. There was always the one that you were scared of. Yeah, not. I mean, not that you didn't respect the authority of most teachers, but there was no, always no, one was where you were like, one, you yeah. don't want to get caught by that one. Especially at that sort of age. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because at that sort of age, you know, it's 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 a big thing to be caught, and it's frightening as well. Um, yeah. She always reminded me, and still does, and I don't know why, of, uh, you know, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, where they have the, the granny. Yeah. And it's just always reminded me. I think it's probably just her her figure, I think, is what it yeah. is. It's kind of hunched over and very top-heavy. Um, and I think that's what it was. So that, I think we've discussed it on the show before, that, as a kid, always creeped me out. So I think that helped, certainly, with uh, with my attitude towards her. Um, but, yeah, I, I could remember, could remember her face. I could remember... As soon as she popped up on screen, I was like, oh, yeah, that's her. I could remember the fucking principal because he looks like Nixon. And yeah. that's that's obviously meant yeah, to so be. Yeah, that's, so that's no accident. You know, that's that's no accident, particularly not when you draw the comparisons. Like, is it just me or does this have something to say about communism? Yes, there's very much a Cold War vibe about it. Yeah, um, that's okay. I wondered to, if that um, was me, but there's definitely the, there, isn't it? It's definitely, especially when you get like the uh, the safety rangers, you know, the, the, sort of the, the yeah. military school aspect, and the, 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 the nice teacher, whose name I can't remember, the, the one with the dark hair and the glasses, she's got a very sort of hippie-ish, you know, um, anti-establishment sort of uh, vibe to her. Um, and then you get sort of the uh, no, the, the the drill sergeant uh, vibe off, uh, off off Finster and the bumbling commander from from um, Prickly. So yeah, there's very there's very much a sort of Cold War aspect to uh, to that, and I think that's possibly because of the age of the writers. I mean, the writers, I mean, I'll, I'll look them up now, but I'd imagine they'd have been, you know, they'd have been in their thirties, um, yeah, they've grown yeah. up with this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. that that's cool because I wasn't sure if I was just looking for things, but I, I was just like, I'm pretty sure they're trying to say something, and maybe as the show goes on, that evolves even more. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you've got the fact that the theme tune itself sounds like some yeah, sort of fight yeah, for very, American military march, doesn't it? I was going to it? say, yeah, it's very, very marching, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's that kind and, of And you kind of introduce it as well. I mean, the, the the second part of the first episode where Gus is introduced as the new kid in that half episode, um, like his, you know, his father's a military person and his, the Gus's demeanour, clearly he's, he's a little kid who's been brought up in a very regimented environment because he's fucking terrified of his own shadow. Because yeah. if he does something wrong, he knows he's going to get punished for it. Um, and then, you know, it takes it takes quite a bit for him to step out of line. I know, I mean, that whole episode where they break him, but they call him, they call him, everyone calls him new kid, even the teachers and all the rest of it. Now that, it, it takes him to breaking point, and that's when he stands up for himself. But all up until that point, and even after that, he's he's not, he doesn't like stepping out of line. He likes structure, he likes order. And that's, you know, again, that would be that sort of militaristic, almost drill sergeant um, vibe, which you do get, you've gotten a lot of, 60s 70s even up to the early 80s sitcoms where you had that character and then you go to you know you look at things like bill and ted where um uh, i can't remember which one it was but they were going to be sent to military school 
which which yeah. father's going to send. It's it's always that sort of that sort of threat. So just living under this, you know, it, there's very much that feel of you know, Cold War and the, you know, the, you know, the threat of anti-Americanism and all this sort of stuff. And it's it's, it's quite subtle. Yeah, but I mean, it's definitely there. It's definitely there. It's also like you you were talking about the Ashleys earlier, and there's that uh, and there's an episode where uh, the Ashleys jinx him, hmm. and he's uh, like because he won't speak. Yes. All of a sudden, paranoia just starts sowing throughout the school. Like he's hiding something. He must be, yeah. you know, there's something going on there. Why is he acting the way he is? And they yeah. bring in these shady they government agents. And yeah, and it's like, hang on, there is there's something at work here. Like they yeah. know what they're going for. This isn't and, accidental. Yeah. I mean, I was reading about later episodes earlier. Um, and in the third, must be in the third series, because um, they're in this of the hundreds in, in terms of episode number. Um, where there's the suggestion that oh, I can't remember her name now. I have to look up the, the teacher, the nice one. Um, is it Miss Grudy? Fuck knows. I, I again, me and me and names. Like I've only watched half of them, so I've got the Grocky. main names Ms. down, Grocky. and that's it. Miss Grocky. So um, yeah, there's an episode where they suggest that she might be a spy. There's a, there's um, an episode where um, where the sort of the the, the, the sub episode is called the kid who came in from the playground. Uh, there, right. there's, there's some very definite nods to that to that sort yeah. of genre and that type of thing. So that, no, there, there are there are certain allusions to it which are more subtle than others. Um, but then later on, they go all out for it. I mean, do they ever do they ever place it in a time period? I'm not sure that they do. They don't. Um, there are things in there that kind of do. So, like, um, there is in I can't remember what the episode title is, but the, it's like a parents' night or a parents' evening type thing. And Spinelli um, hires hires two drunks from a car park to pretend to be your parents because your parents are so embarrassing. And she lies at one point and says her parents are secret agents. And then the joke at the end is that the father is actually a spy, and he what? has a, like a he has like a mobile phone in his shoe, like a proper James Bond you know, kitschy gadget. So I mean, there's that type of thing. So they they do that. They they do have. I want to say they do have computers. There are computers feature at some point. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess so fashion sorts of place sort of places yeah. it as well, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, fa- I mean fashion's got... kind of all over the place. I mean, TJ very much looks like early nineties. Definitely. The, Ash- the Ashleys look kind of you know, kind of similar period. Vince looks eighties. Gretchen looks eighties. Gus looks like he could be anything from the fifties up. Um, Spinelli looks kind of in you know, the late eighties, early nineties. So I mean, it's, I'm guessing it's kind of contemporary, really. Yeah, I mean, TJ's where I get my draw from with fashion like that. Well, yeah, because he's the main dude. Places, really, like he dresses like I dressed as a kid. So I'm like, that's Dress like I dressed now. Nineties kid. Well, jeans, yeah. t-shirt, hoodie. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, you're right, actually. Why did I say as a kid? I still fucking dress like that. Yeah, what? So, yeah, I, that's that sort of places it for me as well. But, yeah, I was just wondering whether, you know, it actually was meant to be taking place around the time. But, no, I guess it is slightly too contemporary for that. Um, but then, yeah, yeah there's, there's even there's even things like there's that episode where they're going to pull down the climbing frame. Yeah. And they, they basically have a peaceful setting to stop the climbing frame being pulled yeah. down. You know, and it, there's this anti-establishment thing going on there as well, with like power to the people and stuff like that. And so it's definitely got something to say. Yeah. And I, I, I'm glad it wasn't just me because I say I've only watched about half of the season, so I was like, well, maybe I'm just picking up on this and it's not actually there. But you've watched further than I have, so it's it's definitely in there, isn't it? And that's pretty fucking, that's pretty bold and pretty smart for what is essentially being aired as a kids show. Yes. In you know pushing the 2000s when we're like 30 years removed from this stuff you know yeah. like if... i mean yeah well i mean we're at, the, at this point we're 10 you know, more or less 10 years past the end of the cold war 
and no, from its height, where you did have the paranoia of you know, G-men coming and snatching people out of their offices and out of their homes because they were suspected yeah. they were communists. I mean, you were talking fifties at that point, no McCarthyism and all that. Yeah, that's you're what talking mid fifties, so we're, no, we're yeah. forty years forty, 40 years, years plus yeah. from that yeah. point. So, so it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not... there. I mean, they, they've definitely picked up a couple. No, there are definitely a couple of themes in there which are subtle, but you can definitely pick them up if you're looking for them. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, for me, they were smacking me in the face, but I was just, I didn't know whether I was looking for them and whether actually, you know, I'm slightly, I'm watching it with slightly too old a mindset then, but mm. I, I didn't think I was because it, it does feel like a very adult show. As I say, it just, it feels like today it's the kind of thing that, I mean, despite the fact there's no real like swearing or gross out humor or something like that, but today it very much feels like the type of thing you, you're going to see on Adult Swim or something like that. Yeah, I mean, oh, it, some of the jokes as well. I mean, so the, the, the no, there's nuance from it, and they are clean jokes. But like, there's there's a joke whereby um, I can't remember what episode it was, but they're talking about various people coming in from out of town for something or other, and um, a swinger girl says, "Oh yeah, there's a swingers convention going on." It's like, no, hang on, uh, what? <laughs> these are these are ten year olds, and you know because of who her character is, she's the girl who's always on the swing. You get away with it, but actually, you think, but well, fucking hell, that's a bit close to the bone. Um, there's a, there's a joke when they're talking about um, their futures. And I can't remember what again what the episode is. They're talking about their futures and how they, they need to do well in testing. I think it's one where Gretchen passes you know, the, the the cartoon version of the SATs, which she she aces. And they're talking about you no know, fulfilling potential. And there's a comment about working in a video store on a Saturday night when you're not supposed to be there. And there's, there's loads of shit like this. And it's like, it, they're so innocuous. Yeah. And it's yeah. just done. But it's you know it's the sort of thing that. You would get from in a if you if there was such a thing as a clean product from Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yes, that, very much. That's so. the sort of humour you would get. It's yes. very it's very pop culture heavy. Yeah. Uh, which is another thing that sort of kind of bases it at Places time. It. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so no, it is very pop culture heavy. You know, there are lots of throwaway lines from films or you know, parodies of film lines, film titles, all this sort of stuff. But it's just it's subtle enough. It's, they're not whacking you over the head with it. But at the same time. As you said earlier, if, you know, if your your older audiences, you know, if you're adults watching it with the kids, or for your older kids who are watching it with their younger, you no know, younger siblings, this you know, there's some absolute gold in here. Yeah, and, it, and it's interesting actually. It's, I've only just kind of thought about this now. Um, this is knowledge that I had because Disney, um, but not knowledge that I'd ever put any sway into. Um, this is a Disney cartoon. It's sold as Disney's Recess. Okay, Disney yeah. is right there. But actually, it didn't air on the Disney Channel, did it? It was on ABC. It was on ABC. It, um, I think it was on Toon Disney at some yeah. point. Well, um, maybe it was, but I know I know it was definitely originally on ABC because I remember being in the States around about the time it was yeah. first coming out, and I remember it being advertised as being on ABC. Yeah. Um, now, again, there's just something to be said for that. of like, look, ABC's a Disney network by this point, but... It's not yeah. the Disney Channel. It's removed enough that they're able to get away with this kind of thing. It, it is um, on the Disney Channel. Yeah, but I mean, it was um, it was it first premiered on ABC in in or on August thirty first, ninety seven. Um, transitioned to ABC's Disney One Saturday morning program in September. Um, yeah, so I mean, it, it was always no. I said it was a it was a Disney product, and it was it was on a Disney block, mm-hmm. but it wasn't on the Disney Channel. It later went to the to um, to Toon Disney, and it. Um, that's it's popped up on um as it was on Disney Life, it's now on Disney Plus. So it's 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 always no, it's always been there and they've 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 never hidden it anywhere. Like there's no, some products where no, you know, no. there's some things where it's like, okay, it's a Disney product, but it's no, it's not front and center anywhere. This they've just gone, fuck it, it's recess, have it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like it's branded as Disney and we all know it's Disney, but it was on another network. So it was like there was distance. 
Yeah. Like, you know, things like the swinger gag that you brought up, for instance. There was distance. That's not being that's not being aired, you know, 30 minutes after Mickey Mouse's clubhouse is finished. You yeah. know, it's not hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog, and now he is the swingers. It's <laughs> like, it's not that. Um, so, there's, yeah, there's, there's something behind that as well, I think. Yeah, and, and again, I think the character, some of the characterizations as well, you know, the way they've, they've set the kindergarten, kindergartners up as savages and stuff like that. Um, there's that's a gag really, early on. just fucking brilliant. Those kids that is, um, are, that's brilliant. There's, there's a real Lord of the Flies thing going on down there, isn't there? There is. And like the way they set it up, the, um, so the, the, the digging guys, who's never can't remember, they end up in China. Yeah. And they and they dig through to a kindergarten in China, and it's exactly the same. Now, whereas in you know, the, the, the English-speaking version in, in America was, let's eat them, and they'll chase them out, out of the kindergarten area. They, you know, they, they pop up through the floor tile, and the, in Chinese, they eat them, and they're all piling after them. Yeah. And again, showing against that universal experience, but just with that sort of gag, you never get them. Um, it's 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 an older gag, and it's far too. Um, it's not subtle at all, but you know, it's it's far too un-Disney. It's far too correct. So I think you're right. I think they've, they've, they did get away with a lot because they weren't showing it themselves. Yeah, and I think it's also. I mean, that that's the other thing about it as well. With the other humor, it is, and it, and it has this in common with Rugrats as well. To be fair, but again, I think it nails it. Uh, more succinctly it has that kind of slight surrealism to it as well in that they're real world problems and they're very well observed characters but things like the kindergartners just being savages just being this group of savages is the type of stuff you'd expect to see on rugrats it's the yeah. flight of fancy where it's just it's an observation more than it is like we know they're not really savages but left to their own devices with no adults around that's what toddlers can look like they can be running around screaming kicking the shit out of things yeah covered you know, in paint with no clothes on yeah, and and again, you sort of think like that observation is not an observation that a child of nine or ten would make because they're no. still children themselves at that point. But it's definitely an observation that adults would be like, "Oh, for fuck's sake, these fucking kids!" You yeah. know, they're driving me up the wall. They're savage. Yeah. And so, the same with you know, things like the king of the playground and stuff like that. To have a, have a literal king of the playground, yes, as of, no, as yeah. opposed to just the cool kid who everyone, who everyone looks up to, or the kid who beats everybody up. So he's he's king because nobody nobody wants to tell him otherwise. No, to have a no an actual guy with a crown and what yeah. would be a no what would be a separate except it's hockey, a hockey stick, and he's carried around on a fucking ratty old armchair. You know, it's just that, no, it's that. Let's see, it's that surrealism. That's a flight of fancy whereby it's people can identify it, even though it's no. As an adult, you're going, what's fucking stupid? Who's going to be? Who's carrying around a bloody no, armchair on a on a set of sticks? But actually, we don't know. We all remember that hierarchy school. There was always that kid who was cooler stronger faster better than everybody else yeah and so everybody you know whether they wanted to or not they were forced to look up to them and it's you know just the way they've put that on screen in such a way that you know, they're not you know, i mean i certainly remember my um would be would be my my junior school days where we had a kid like that he was an absolute cut um but and he knew you know, he, he knew he was a cut as well um but that was kind of how, he, how it worked whereas this is you no know, this is just done in a way that actually yeah you know, this guy he's just you no know, he happens to be the king of the playground and it might be because he's not a kind of because he's fair or because he's approachable or he's slightly humble albeit slightly dickish at times and then you see the the opposite of that where gus becomes king for a day mm. um and gus becomes a complete fucking despot yeah. in the space of no like no, two days i think it is where he introduces a cookie tax um i know and he, you know he put he punishes people because they don't have cookies in their lunchbox or because somebody looked at him funny as if oh, we, we we've all seen that kid as well yeah so well, I mean, not, not only have we all seen that kid, we all still see that kid in our working environments and our daily lives. Well, like, yeah, that's it. You know, it, there's definitely, 
you know, this isn't fucking news to anybody, but there's definitely parallels to be drawn between, you know, the schoolyard and the office, for instance. Yes. And, and that's fucking news to nobody. And right? US this, for the last four years. Yeah, but th- I think this nails it absolutely bang on. You know, they, they get that. They they observe these character tropes so well. And as I say, they, they actually present them in such a way that they just appear like nice, normal, regular kids or people that you would know. You know, they, they're yeah. not those cardboard cutout yeah. versions. Of things. So, so yeah, when, when Gus becomes king for a day, we're able to go on that journey with him and we're able to see him. But and, and it makes sense that he would become that because, again, coming from a super strict military background, it makes sense that he would then impose law and order and impose yeah. rule because yes. that's what he's had done to him. Yeah, and, and I mean as well. I mean, drawing. I mean, we've drawn comparison to um, King of the Hill, drawing comparison to Rugrats. But if you were to try and draw, if you were trying to age it up, you could quite easily transpose these characters into um, certainly the American version of The Office. Yeah, you know, you've. you've um, I can't remember his name. The guy with the glasses, um, Shrewd. I can't remember his first name. But there's very. You've got no. He's, he's got that sort of Randall malicious compliance side to him. Mm. You've got. Um, You've got Jim, who's your everyman, who everybody's supposed to, you know, he's your TJ, everybody's supposed to like, everyone's supposed to root for. Uh, and you've got, you can you can pick out some of these characters they've got in the, in the two shows as, as, as parallels. It's quite interesting. I only thought about it as you, as you were talking. But no, again, there are definite parallels. And I think that's one of the reasons that that show works as well, so much better than the UK version, because the characters are so much better observed. And I think that that's a lot down, to, as we said earlier, a lot of that's down to the writing. And yeah. how and how much effort has gone into actually making these characters rather than caricatures? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't speak to that. I've never seen the American Office. Um, I am, however, a massive Gervais fan, so I, I would probably disagree with you on it being better <laughs> observed than the British one. Um, but I don't know. I've never seen it, so I can't can't comment. Um, but yeah, you, as I say, you can see how these characters reflect people that you would see in an office, and that's the whole purpose of that show. Uh, so at least the UK one anyway. I'm assuming the American one is exactly the same thing. Uh, just more or less, only the different jokes accent. Kind of, I mean, I was not talking about the office, but the, the, the jokes tend to be more even, evenly distributed. It's not one bloke trying to make himself look funnier than everybody else. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah. Yeah, we'll agree to disagree. Yeah. Um, as, as we have the last 20 years. Yeah, before this turns into a whole different podcast. Um, my camera's gone again. Yeah. I don't know what's going on tonight. I said, oh, we've done to it tonight. I think it's pissed. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, where were we? Um, uh, before, we but... before we went off onto the office and my camera <laughs> went wonky. Um, ah, uh, rules of the playground, things yes. like that. Um, so yeah, it gives you that. We've we've already talked about the class structure, but it gives you that it's baked in essentially. Mm. You you have a sitcom ready to go here. Yeah, and they just run with that, which I think a lot of these animated sitcoms that we talk about, and um, we use the term a lot on this show. It's like an animated sitcom. And most of them are, but they, they stretch for that, whereas this doesn't. It just naturally feels like it yeah. wouldn't feel out of place. I'm glad they don't do this, but it wouldn't feel out of place to have a laughter track on the top, you know, much yeah. like the Flintstones did in the day or the Jetsons did in the day, because I feel like this is that well observed. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that, I mean, the, the thing that makes it stand out as well is that there was, and not so much from a cartoon perspective, but certain, and there were cartoon versions, but certainly from a live-action perspective, there were about 52 billion live-action child and teen sitcoms about school, which revolved around class and grades and all the stuff, and extracurriculars and all the stuff you do in school. But Mm -hmm. none of it was about expression. None of it was about individuality. So none of it got to be... The the idea of pinning on recess is that actually you're not hamstrung into those things. You have to be, you know, you have to be quiet, you have to be subservient, you have to be all the rest. It is these are kids trying to express themselves and trying to learn how to express themselves in, in an environment where they're not being suppressed at all. And yeah. and because of that, they have them built their own microcosm based on their their own life experiences. 
So it's again, it's an interesting one because nobody else did that. Every, everything else, you never saw them. You, know, you look at a Saved by the Bell or a Sister Sister or anything like that. You never saw them at recess. You never saw them. They were either at home or at school, or occasionally they were at the mall or at a job. You never saw them interacting with their peers in free time. No, and and there's something interesting to that structurally in there because the reason they do that is because you know having the having the lesson structure or the structure of go to school, go to work on the weekend, go home. Yeah, that that gives you a time structure. It gives you a narrative structure that you can work within. You know, you can use that sometimes then for elements of ticking time bombs where there's going to be a test or there's something coming up at work or whatever. Yeah, this just bins all of that, and it just goes. No, this is a show about these characters, and sometimes. They are just going to be dicking around in the playground. Like, yeah. they, you know, there are episodes like the, the one with old Rusty, the climbing frame, where they're going to knock it down. You know, there's a yeah. it's a race against time element to that with this sitting yeah. and stuff. But then, like, the one with the kissing is just like, well, look, they're going to work this through much. And, and it's almost like a fucking Seinfeld episode. It's just a bunch of characters talking about what this is. Yeah. It's, it, there's very little action to it. It's just about we're going to talk this out. Yeah. And that's what they do for like 15 minutes. They yeah. talk it out, build up to it, and then go, meh. Yeah, done that. Actually, I, I, there's some, when we were talking about it, I forgot to mention something I really liked in that. The whole thing whereby this, you know, this is this huge clandestine thing. It's an experiment. It's been done in the name of science. Nobody's going to tell. And the whole school is there. And they go, oh, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone. Well, maybe I told one kid. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you get, uh, I think it was Mikey's going on about how disgraceful it was, how disrespectful it was. And then somebody walks out, oh, thanks for the tip. I, went, I nearly missed it. And he just shrinks into the back of the group. And it's again, it's so well observed. But again, we all know that person who runs their mouth completely all the time. Yeah. And then, and then somebody sh- somebody says and it's proven wrong, and they just have, they don't want to answer. So they just try to slink into the background and hope nobody noticed. Yeah. It, it just in general, it, I, I don't think there's an episode I've watched where any gag like that just isn't completely on the nail. Like yeah. they observe things so like even again, that episode where all of a sudden the crowd is there and then they said, All oh, right, well we're gonna reschedule the kiss. And then the Chinese whisper starts going around. Kiss is yeah. being rescheduled, being rescheduled for tomorrow, it's off for tomorrow. And then because of that, they go, Oh no, well, fuck it. Oh, fuck it, do it, it. So it goes back around again. And it's like, yeah, that is that is exactly how school playgrounds work. That is exactly how office gossip works. That is exactly how gossip in general works. Like they've yeah. nailed it. You know, and that that would happen uh, in school. You know, so and so is going to have a fight uh, at Upper Three down by the fucking football. Down by the bins. Like, yeah, exactly. Like there's going to be a fight going on. Right. And it starts off as just like two little gangs of two or three people. Yeah. Talking about it before, you know, the whole fucking school's down there. It's no wonder they always used to get broken up because teachers knew about it but before it even fucking happened. Yeah, because I they mean, hear people talking about it. Yeah, I mean, there was a very early Simpsons episode um, with that. It was um, Bart the General, it was called, where uh, there's a fight with Nelson. Yeah, yeah. And that's the same thing. Like, no, nobody's supposed to know about it, but everybody's talking about it. So immediately, it's, you know, the big, it's the biggest thing, and everybody from the entire fucking school is there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. I mean, short of a purple monkey dishwasher, that's um, that's exactly the no, that, that's exactly the, the gag you want on Chinese whispers. The way they set they set it up that, as I said, no, it just go, it just keeps going and going and going. So sort of, self perpetuating to a point where you never get away from it. You might as well just get on with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, there's just all of these little things. We said we've talked about that. We've talked about the, the kindergartners. Talk about King of the Playground and the Ashleys. Like they've all got their own just place within this society that is the playground and then the second they go to class they all just fall into line again yeah so it be it, it becomes less interesting once you impose that class structure as you say yeah. there's something to be said about just letting them run free because they're not yes okay the teacher shows up to bust things up every now and again and be an antagonist but if this was set within the classroom those like you wouldn't yeah, have the, king of the of playground that. for instance 
because he wouldn't be in a class with them to start with. And if he was, the teacher wouldn't let him lord it over all the other kids in the way he does. Yeah. I mean, I I quite like quite like him, Bob, because he's a more accomplished version of Fonzie. That's a good comparison. I hadn't thought that. Yes, that is a good comparison. He's the slightly older, cooler kid. Yeah, yeah, where everybody looks up to, but actually in this case, actually, hasn't yeah, and actually isn't a dick, even though he could be. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a really good comparison, actually. Um, so um, I hadn't seen that, but yeah. So it's just another one of those kind of sitcom. It, it, there are so many sitcoms you can compare this to because it is so fucking good at what it is. It, it's that's what it is. There's very little else to say about this other than it's a very fucking good sitcom. Like ridiculous, too good to be just thrown on at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning. Yeah. And the the other thing I found is that the because of the way they were done and you know, most things were done this way at the time they were two ten minute two ten minute stories in a twenty minute episode. Most of the time I was thinking, hang on, they could have done more of that they could have done more with that they could have they could have stuck another five minutes in that quite comfortably and not over egged it. Yeah, um, there were some stories which they felt their ten minutes but no more, but there were others they were ten minutes. And, Fuck, is that it? Yeah, it oh, it, does. it absolutely zips by every every single episode I watched just zips by. Um, and you know they're all kind of one and done as well. There's, there's not really any kind of overarching narrative, so there's no like, oh, I need to watch the next one or I need to watch the next one. It just it draws you in and holds you. It, yeah. You know what I'm saying is I'm not I'm not hungry for the next one. It's just on, and it's consistently good. So I just well, let the next one play. Well, that was it. That's what I did because I, I put it on last night and I, I put the, I watched one on Sunday. Um, and I watched it Sunday afternoon. The kids were in the room. They were mildly interested. Um, which is you know, usually a good sign because they didn't ask me to turn it off. Um, so I got through the first double episode, if you like, and that was fine. And then I put the restaurant, everyone was in bed last night. I put, I put it on about 10 o'clock and I, that's, I went through the entire first season and I, yeah. without intending to, but I then went to bed at two o'clock. Yeah. Knowing full well, I had to get up this morning with the kids. <clears throat> so I mean, it's, it's that sort of thing. It's so, it's so inoffensive. You can just let it run. And when another, I mean, there were a couple of times that, Oh shit! Right, what time is it? I should probably turn it off now. Ah, fuck! The next one started now. I'll watch this one now, but then I'll go to bed. Twenty minutes later. Oh shit! I've just this one just started. Right, I'll I'll watch this one now. Then I'll go to bed. And yeah, I remember looking at the clock. It was about quarter past eleven, and then it was ten to two. I was like, right, okay, I'm actually going to bed now. It's actually, and and when I say it's wasted on sort of nine a.m., that's what it feels like to me. And again, there's a bit of a nostalgia kick to this, but it feels like perfect late night TV to me like when i you know back when this was airing when i was 19 20 and tv in my bedroom still living at home at that point i'd yeah i hadn't quite moved out for the first time um so i was still living at home uh just watching this sort of stuff like this at kind of 11 12 o'clock at night on a tv in the bedroom with the volume low so you don't wake everyone else in the house up you know i'd be watching it wouldn't be this because this was on early, but I'd be watching reruns of Seinfeld or I'd be watching Friends or I'd be watching something like that. Just yeah. easy watching TV, just letting these sitcoms wash over you as you fall asleep. And that's what this feels like to me. It doesn't feel like early morning, get up and watch it. It feels no. like stick it on late at night and just let it wash over you. Yeah, um, and, and to me, it reminds us. I mean, that was another reason for the King of the Hill comparison. It does feel it, it feels that sort of way where it wouldn't be out of place. If it was on Channel 4 or half 11 at night. Yeah. And you could you could just leave it on and you know, I say fall asleep or you know, read a book while you're watching it or you know, just be doing whatever because it's you, know, you don't have to concentrate on it super hard, but it's hard to ignore it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Actually, thinking about it, no, I think I probably hadn't moved out when this was on, so it wouldn't have been the time this was on. But that still was a thing that I would have did, would have did, yeah. would have done. Um, it's been a <laughs> fucking long day, really. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have too much else to say, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't find anything bad to say about it. I can't find anything particularly, you know, I, I've got no nostalgia for it that I can go, oh, do you remember this? Do you remember that? Because I was older when yeah. it happened. But unlike, you know, when we watched something like Kim Possible, which I never really caught first time around. Yes. I did watch this first time around. I, I feel like I've just come back to it fresh. And it, I don't feel like I've got a new take on it. I, I feel like once I actually started watching it first time around, I thought all of this stuff as well and thought it was good. Yeah. But I just feel like that's kind of been reawakened a little bit. Um, so it's not so much nostalgia this as, as rediscovering it, I think. Yeah, that was the same for me. I, mean, I, I remember watching it when it first came on. And then, like yourself, I mean, I, I was aware there were movies. I was aware that there were like 60-odd episodes. I certainly haven't seen all of those, although I was surprised I'd seen as many as I had. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, it's, this this was something that I've, I, if, it pops in my head in dispatches, mainly uh, things like the box. Um, that episode I remembered vividly. I have no fucking idea why. Um, yeah. But then things like that will pop into my head. So I'll see. I, I remember I, I was um, when I worked in my last job, we used to do street works, and there were um, there's some fences around a hole they dug in the floor, which was a perfect square for a, a manhole uh, to be be sunk into. I remember that made me think of it. Yeah. And then occasionally, they said, I mean, you'd you'd hear something, or you know, there'd be somebody would make a comment, and you think, oh, that's not fucking that sort of thing. Spinelli would have said. And so it's, yeah. it's it's kind of been embedded in there without really taking up too much space. I mean, no, I couldn't go back and pull out quotes from episodes until yesterday when I when I started watching it for this. Um, no, no, I couldn't go out and pull out individual episodes or individual no, individual stories involving individual characters. But I can remember enough of it, and that, there's enough in there for me to for me to recall it. Hey Arnold was kind of the same because that was the same sort of time, and I only ever think about that because there was a there was a girl in my sixth form class whose surname was Arnold. So we right. always used to call, we always used to, that was our standard greeting, and she used to get really fucking annoyed. Um, so then like, I'll see her in fucking Tesco's and stuff like that. So every, no, I'll, every, I, I won't greet her that way anymore because she fucking slapped me. But you know, that sort of, that triggers that sort of memory. And I, I've got more of that than I do for recess. But for some reason, it's just kind of burned in. So when I was watching yesterday, I was thinking, oh, yeah, I remember this. I remember this. I remember Spinelli joining the Ashleys. I, no, I remember the um, the one where they, they, they're stuck, they're, 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 their recesses rained off for three days and I was all stuck inside. I don't know. I remember that of those for no fucking reason whatsoever, and I've not thought about them. And so it was only yesterday when they were on. I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, I remember that." See, now I I don't remember it that well at all. I just remember quite liking it, and I remember the fact that yeah, it was a bit of a buzzy thing. Um, whereas I certainly do remember Hey Arnold, and actually, I, I think that's on our list as well. And I'm looking forward yeah. to rewatching that because it it was my least favorite Nicktoon at the time, probably probably because I was aging out, so it was yes. my least favorite of them, and. I think maybe that's even why, as I say, I didn't necessarily watch this first time out because I drew that comparison to it for some reason. Even though the characters look nothing alike, it was just the same sort of thing. I think maybe Gretchen and Helga were a bit kind of so. Maybe that's where I was yeah. going with it. I, I don't I mean, know, but they were similar. They did a similar sort of feel, similar. didn't they? Yeah, I mean, there, was, there was there was something. I drew some sort of comparison anyway because I was kind of not a massive Hey Arnold fan. I was like, maybe I won't like this so much. But then. You know, knowing now how, remembering how much I enjoyed this, and knowing how much I enjoyed it 
coming back to it, I'm quite interested to see what my response to Hey Arnold is going to be because I yeah. suspected for a very long time that that is actually a lot better than I gave it credit for as a kid because I didn't hate it. It was just my least favorite of them. And I suspect, actually, I did not give it anywhere near enough credit. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I've, I've not watched, I've not rewatched or not re-engaged with that at all since, again, since I was like you know, 17, 18, whatever it would be. Um, so again, I'm, I'm quite curious to see that. But I mean, certainly from memory, I would take Recess over Hey Arnold a million times out of a million based on you know, my, my memory, my memories of them. Going back for a rewatch would be quite interesting to see if that's still the same. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would say the same. I would probably take this over Hey Arnold as well. Um, but my camera's gone again. Fuck sake. Uh, <laughs> this is really fucking like this must be really confusing for people listening. Uh, but people watching will will understand. Um, it's a nice yeah. view to your ceiling. Yeah, so I I would definitely take it over Hey Arnold. But I'm interested to see if that'll change when we yeah. watch Hey Arnold. Uh, but but at the moment, I would definitely say this is. Can't say it's been a surprise, as I say, because I I just kind of rediscovered it. So I wasn't 100 percent sure going in what I was going to get here. Yeah. Uh, but I certainly didn't expect to watch as many of them as I did in a row. A bit like with Visionaries, yeah. really, but for all the <laughs> right reasons, not for all the wrong ones. Yeah. Um. So yeah, pleasantly surprised. I probably will watch more if I'm honest. Um, yeah. I mean, if I have the time, I'll probably do the same. I mean, what I what I did last night is like, so I I put it on. I was I was playing FIFA at the time, um, and I. I, it, I just meant I ended up playing far more than far longer than I, I planned to, um, mm-hmm. because it was just oh well, the episode's finished now, so oh, the episode just started, so I might as well play another game because that'll co- that'll sort of correspond time wise. And there was just a little bit of overlap, about four or five minutes every time. Yeah. And in the in the end, I had to consciously say no, fuck it, I'm not playing anymore. I'll watch the end of this episode and then I'm going to bed. Yeah. Um, and it, it it took that sort of thing. So I mean, I can imagine it's you no know, it, because it's that it's that sort of throwaway that now most of the gags are um, spoken anyway. There aren't a huge no. There are there are lots of visual gags in there, but they're nowhere near as important or prevalent as the the, the spoken gags. So I think that you you can do you can be doing something else and concentrate on something else and not miss anything. Yeah, it's it's not slapsticky, is it? That that's the no. thing. There there isn't any shtick. You know, there's not a lot of business. Um, it's it is all verbal, um, which is which is why it feels so smart, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you you definitely could leave it on in the background. Um, I might I might give the film a spin because I don't know that I've ever seen it. No, I haven't. So. There are a couple of films. You've got um, there's, there's a Christmas one, which was um, Mer- which is Miracle on Third Street. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was um, Recess this... All Grown Down. Yeah, wasn't this Schools Out or something? Yes, yeah, so you had, had Schools Out, which was um, basically the the, the 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 summer break between um, fourth grade and fifth grade. Then you had uh, Taking the Fifth, which was then moving to fifth grade, mm-hmm. and you had All Grown Down, which was the opposite of the Rugrats All Grown Up. Um, whereby they go, it's they go back to kindergarten. Effectively, they're still the same characters, they're still the same age but they go back to kindergarten. Um, I've not seen any of them. I've been reading about them today, so I'll probably pick them up because again, they're all in Disney Plus. Do you know? What I'm saying now, I don't think I've ever seen it. I've got a vague recollection actually that I may have gone to see the first one, Schools Out, in the cinema because I yeah, had that, a cinema card. Yeah, that, that was released theatrically. The rest was straight to video. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got a feeling I may have watched that in the cinema, actually. Can't remember thing one about it. No, I, I don't I don't, but, I, I don't think I've seen it. I don't think I've seen any of them. The only thing I did pick up from reading about them today is that in Schools Out, Melissa Joan Hart played his sister, his old, uh, TJ's older sister. Pretty sure I've seen it. And then actually, in, in yeah. the others, Tara Strong played um, his older sister, whose name I can't remember. Okay. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty sure I I did go and see it in the cinema just because I had a cinema card, so it cost me fuck all. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're paying for it anyway. So yeah. And in those in those days, I literally went to the cinema when it opened on Saturday morning, and I stayed there till it shut on Saturday night, and I watched just about everything. And I've I can vividly see the poster for it. Yeah. Because it looks like a slightly it... more sophisticated animated animation style in the, with the poster. It looks yeah. a bit more, a bit it, it's film animation then. It's it's glossier, yeah. it's more expensive, and, and it looks slightly more uh, three dimensional. Yeah, and it, I I remember it had a vaguely kind of action movie pose almost, where they're all running into frame and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, pretty sure I might have watched it. I just can't remember thing one about it. So <laughs> don't know whether yeah. don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. You might, you might I don't know. that I only watched it once, and I watched something much much better after it, so I never remembered it that day. Yeah, um, maybe. I mean, it's it, it's on Disney Plus, so check it out. Well, that's the thing. It costs fucking nothing. And that, and that's the other thing as well, listeners. You know, the last couple of weeks, actually, we've picked some absolute fucking doozies to get hold of, some really yes. difficult fucking shows to get hold of. But get hold of them, we have. And, you know, we like to do it legally, which is why some things are still on the list and we still haven't worked out how to do them legally. This one is fucking easy. So yeah. to not go and watch some of this, I'll be honest, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Like, Yeah, definitely. If you were to pick up the first... I don't know, four episodes of, of season one. So you're talking eight stories, 80 minutes, give or take. Yeah. No, it's 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 the length of a movie. You know, yeah. You, uh, no, you're not you're not you're not gonna come away from it going, well, that was a waste of fucking time. No, you're definitely not. I think you'll come away from it having like go in intending to watch four and you'll come away from it eight episodes later, I think. Yeah. And I think the thing is well, because the the way they tell the stories, they're all stylistically different as well. Though you hmm. get some which are told no from there's um like a kind of noir take on them. There's some, for the most part, they you know they are just the standard comedy episodes. But you get some where they they do put some, they go for those sort of filmic themes as well. So that that gives a bit of difference and a bit of heft as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I went into this thinking well, I remember it, I remember liking it because I remember liking it, it's probably going to be dog shit because that tends to be how the show goes. Yeah. Uh, and I was very pleasantly surprised slash pissed off at two o'clock this morning when I'm thinking right fuck I need to go to bed because the kids are going to be up in four hours. Yeah. Um, I I did most of my rewatch uh, last night as well. I watched uh, I think one or two earlier on in the week. And last night it was a case of my wife was working late, so I was fending for myself. She was like, right, come home, eat some dinner. I'll put like another episode on while I'm eating dinner, and then like twenty minutes it's done. I can go and like feed the cats, sort out the chinchillas, wash the dishes, make my sandwich for the morning, whatever. Next thing you know, I'm a couple of episodes in, she's doing from work and I've done nothing. And I'm like, fuck. And I honestly think that was the only thing that stopped me. Otherwise I'd have kept going. So that was probably a good thing. Um, but yeah, it, it, it has got that effect, doesn't it? Of just, it's a time sump uh, yeah. in the best possible way. Yes. The best possible way in that you will, I guarantee you, you will disengage your brain for the hour or whatever you're watching it um it's perfect feel good stuff the last thing we watched um that i found this easy and just this enjoyable was rent a ghost and i've banged on about that ever since um i don't think it's got quite the same level of just loveliness and joy that that has <laughs> i don't think anything has yet um but it's it's definitely that kind of feel of just disengage brain and forget about everything that's going on out in the world just forget it just 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 take a trip in the way back machine go back yeah. 20 years to the playground and yeah i i thoroughly enjoyed this can't recommend it enough yeah same here um as always we'd love to know what people think um get in touch on twitter at smpd pod you can go to our website ddpodcast.net where you can also get our previous episodes and our other shows as well get in touch through there you can drop us an email we we'll get back to you as quick as we can on facebook and youtube with the double down podcast network 
uh, wherever you get your podcast from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music. Like, share, subscribe, uh, leave some message there, and we'll get back to you as quick as we can. But until next time, see you later.